Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Casper. Receive $50 towards any mattress purchase at caspertrial.com slash ring. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast, a podcast for down-to-earth and super practical wedding planning advice. I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer, and my cat's names are Fred and George. And I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner and Bravo TV addict. Let's do this. Hey, lovely listeners. Welcome to episode 47 of the Put a Ring on a podcast. Dan, 47. We're getting, 47. We're getting old. Not old. Getting old. We're getting no. experienced. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, wisdom comes with age, right? So so think about the first episode that we did where I, I literally like deleted every um and breath and like, like and now it's just now it's just us. Blah, blah, blah. And you guys pretty much hear everything. Yeah. Still like pretty us. Much. We take out some of the, the gas gassy toot noises and burps. Yeah, and, and throat weird clearings. heavy breathing. <laughs> uh, weird heavy breathing. That's mostly you, not me. I'm not I know it's because of my microphone. <laughs> so Dan, uh, we're man. we're talking about something something very near and dear to your heart in today's episode. Um and yeah. I'm basically just gonna sit here and sip my tea and listen to you to you chat on about all these different things. But I think a lot of this came from a few different avenues of life, but one of which was a recent wedding you attended, right? Yeah, yeah. So the past couple uh weeks, month or so have been really exciting. Um uh, I actually got to be a guest. My wife and I got to be a guest at a wedding out of town. So it was the first time that we had to leave our little girl at home and my parents came down and watched her and then we flew to another state and I got the full wedding experience. Like like I got to drink a whole bunch. I got to um, eat all the cocktail hour food that I never get to eat as a photographer and um, I got to dance my butt off with my wife and it was just an awesome time. And then we got to do the whole brunch thing and the seeing the bride beforehand and how exciting that was. Um, and uh, it turns out I, I kind, of, kind of know their photographer, even though he's from another state, uh, just through some of the social channels that I'm in and things. So that was cool to like see him. And he's a really good photographer and they invested in like a really good photographer. So that was that was exciting, too. Um, but then when I got back, like a whole bunch of like random things and we were talking about this pre-show is like the universe was like, you need to cover this topic of how to choose a photographer. And I think 
there's a whole bunch of things that happened, but I think it boiled down to a couple of things. Um, one, uh, the most recent last night, uh, I had a, a past or had a bride contact me and she said, Hey, my, you know, my, my husband and I were coming up on our one year anniversary and we, we don't really like our wedding photos. Um, would you consider doing an anniversary shoot to, to help us create the magic of our wedding day again? And I was like, yeah, of course, I'd, I'd love to do that. Um, and I, I think there's a whole whole crazy amount of, of reasons why like this might not have happened. Maybe it was, you know, ego on the photographer's part. Maybe they just didn't make the, you know, the, the couple didn't ask the right questions or whatever. You know, and then the next thing that happened a couple of days ago, one of my past brides was attending the wedding of a friend of hers. And she sent me a text message, a picture of the photographer there. And she said, check out this guy. I feel so bad for the bride because it was a very fancy wedding. It was at a country club. You could see like the people on the sidelines, you know, sitting there um, at their tables are all dressed fancy. And the photographer's like literally just standing in front of the bride and groom taking pictures in uh, sneakers, tube socks, shorts, and basically the equivalent of a Hawaiian shirt. Like, I'm not lying. You know, and she just felt really bad for the couple because she just didn't know that he was going to show up like this. And um, and this is, you know, a very special day to her. And th- these photographs meant a lot to her. And she felt like everybody was looking at the photographer and the lack of what he was wearing uh, and his lack of professionalism compared to, like, what everybody else was wearing. Um and that just that was sad, right? Right. Our job as professionals at your wedding um, is to be there to do a job, obviously, but to blend in in a way that we are not standing out. We always want to be, um, you know, we we ne- don't necessarily want to be memorable, or at least one of the top mm-hmm. memorable things from your wedding, uh, especially not in a negative way. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, then I guess the last thing is kind of like a two-parter, um, where. Uh, one of my couples who I'm currently planning with, um, her and her mom were talking about, you know, her sister's wedding and uh, how how they they got married out in Colorado and it's like a different vibe out there. It's totally different feel from what you know her wedding was going to be, um, but that they were her sister was pretty unhappy with their photographs because I, looking through the collection, there was a whole lot of pictures of just stuff and details and scene setters and things which was is good like it's all fine but there was there's a lot of things that were also lacking then um she said that she felt like uh like the family formals uh like she didn't ask for a formals list she didn't she was kind of like above the idea the photographer was kind of above the idea of getting like a, any kind of formals list of, of family members or anything and that she was just going to go through the day and just you know kind of um take pictures of the things and and would do just a fine job. Uh, and we'll, we're going to dive into that a little bit, but essentially they got their collection back and it was literally half pictures of this kind of ranch resort and all these details and skulls on the wall and the flowers and things rather than s- some more substantial things like people and the cocktail hour and um, some things that meant more to them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then... I guess the second part of that is as I was scrolling through Instagram the other day with lots of different photographers who have thousands and thousands of followers, I saw lots of details and portraits and don't get me wrong, like every everybody wants to have like that beautiful portrait of them and their partner, them and their significant other, but there's so much more to the wedding day. Um, you know, like your 
you're still going to have your first dance. You're you're still going to have your first kiss. And it's like you want to make sure that the person you're hiring, you know, who's an artist, um, who's going to capture, you know, something artistically for you, that portrait, um, the portrait of you, the portrait of your significant other, but also those moments that are going to mean a lot to you in 30 years, as maybe you're showing your kids um, photographs of, you know, the two of you at this really important day. Uh, so all these things kind of piled I feel like that's a really long intro to this episode, but I feel like all those things kind of piled on me and was just like, hey, you need to talk about this. I think maybe this can be the definitive guide for how to hire a wedding photographer or what to look for or how to choose your wedding photographer. So buckle up, everybody. (laughs) Right. I think ultimately, as with every episode that we do, we just want to give you information. We always stand by the fact of you don't know what you don't know. So we want to give you a deeper look into it to to make you have those conversations and make you go, oh, okay, like, oh, gosh, I didn't even think about that. That's ultimately what this podcast comes down to. So I'm really excited because Dan is very knowledgeable on the subject. and of course, Passionate. I will always add my two cents. To yes, yes, she will. <laughs> so with that being said, Dan, let's start off with maybe uh, a good starting point with where should couples go to find their photographer? You know, I feel like there's a whole bunch of different places that that people can find their photographer. And I'd say that some of them are probably going to yield better results uh, than than some others like the first place I say that everybody should go is is referrals so go to your friends and family who have gotten married um, or friends of a friends that would be a great idea and just say you know what was your experience with this person who would you recommend shoot I mean you can even do that thing on Facebook now that says like hey I'm looking for a photographer Um, you know who who do you recommend right Uh, and you'll probably get a huge range of, of different people and different answers. Um, but at least, at least the process has been vetted. And if, if somebody's saying, yes, this person was amazing. Um, obviously if somebody refers you and says like, Hey, uh, don't go with this person or this person was terrible. Don't go with them. But, um, it's just, that's the best place that you can go is just that somebody has already vetted this person. They've had a great experience with them. Um, and then they trust them. I mean, that's the goal, right? Uh, then there's some other places that you can go like, uh, you know, of course, Wedding Wire and The Knot. And I'm actually coming around on The Knot. I'm actually on The Knot right now. Nice. Um, yeah, I started I started there and I there's some things that I like about it. I think it might be a useful resource for people, but I think it's it's large and unpersonal. Uh, so that's right. the only problem. Like anybody can just pay money to advertise there and that's it. You don't know quite what you're going to get. Yes, um, but it's a good central location to yep. find a good chunk of it's it's like um a more wedding focused Google search. Yep, totally. Uh, there are some there are two really great uh photography specific websites directories of photographers that you can go to uh there's several of them but these are like the the two big ones that i would recommend one is fearless photographers f-e-a-r-l-e-s-s fearless photographers and then the this is a mouthful the international society of professional wedding photographers or in short i-s-p-w-p um it's fearless and is Pwip. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, both of them have, they kind of vet their photographers by the contest that uh, you can submit to and how many awards you get or um, or maybe they're featured on uh, their Instagram feed or in some of the galleries and things like that. So if you type in where you're getting married, um, you can you can see kind of the top photographers in that area, how many awards they've won. Um, and you kind of float to the top uh as as you have placed in different contests and uh the more ac- 
active you are in certain communities and you know continuing education through some of their uh, uh, through some of their events that each of them hold um, but they also just have like a really good amount of people per area so you can dial down uh say you're getting married in new york you can see photographers who serve new york you can see photographers who live in new york um and it's it's site specific like you can you can just dial right down um and figure out exactly what you need from this one website or from these two websites okay so with the wedding wire and the knot and other similar Mm -hmm. wedding focused um, searches or directories if you will those cover pretty much the broad spectrum of weddings from photography florists venues planners djs so on and so forth um now and on those websites just to give those listening a little bit of behind the scenes aspect a a wedding industry business has to submit a listing on there and there's different tiers of what kind of listing they can have. They can do a free listing that usually has limited features or they can pay X amount of dollars per month and it varies to have your listing show up, you know, with a photo at the top as a spotlight. So when you see those things as like spotlight or featured, those are things that that vendor has specifically paid for. Um, That professional business has specifically paid for to have that spot. That's not wedding wire or the not saying, we think this person is worthy of the spot. That's that person paying money to be on that spot, just as you would to pay for a full page ad in a magazine versus an eighth of a page ad in a magazine. It's just a little bit different placement and priority. Now, with these two websites that you're mentioning, Fearless Photographers and ISPWP, because I'm not a photographer, I don't really, it's it's WIP, um, I don't know how they work. Is it the same structure that are you you paying to have a listing on there or are they taking into account just all photographers? How does that work? Uh, So good question. There's a base level. Everybody just pays X amount of dollars to, to advertise there. But then you earn your right to hop towards the top of the page by uh, submitting to contests, by going to conferences, by in continuing education, um, and how you place in contests and how often you submit. Um, and even if you judge contests, um, will add kind of points to your uh, behind-the-scenes ranking and boost your your level in on that page. Um, so cool. if you go to ISPWP or Fearless, you know, you'll see me kind of like right in the middle. You'll see that I have a couple of awards. Um, you'll see people who have way more awards than me um, and some people who have, you know, no, no awards. So uh, that's how they kind of like weed people out. And that's not to say that the people who have less awards are bad photographers. It's just that maybe they don't even submit because um, you do have to pay money to submit photos. And um, you know, that's just that's a whole other can of worms, whether or not contests are worthy and if they're rigged or how what the judging process is like. But, um, you know, by and large, if you go to either of those two websites, you'll have you can you can look very closely at how many different photographers there are and and see some criteria that has been laid out in front of you that it's not just people just randomly paying there and no matter how much you pay, they get put up there. So it's sort of showing that your photographer is engaged in in their craft, yep. um, interested in, yep. in in you know, like you said, continuing their education, which is all very good signs. They are not just stuck in a rut, and they're not right. just doing you know. Well, I've done this for twenty years. This is how I do it. So I think those are all yep. very good signs. So that's that's really interesting. I didn't I didn't know that that was how that works. So that's cool to know. Yeah, it's pretty neat because um, you know on on like you said on the wedding wire and the knot, it's just whatever you pay that's the higher placement you get and you don't really know how they're being vetted or it's just whoever somebody who's been on there for one year it can be next to somebody who's been on there for 20 years so 
and that's crazy experience, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So other than fearless and ISPWP, I feel like there's a couple of different other things you can do that are that are kind of base level simple to do. Um, one would be uh, just Googling your your like the area you live in and then wedding or wedding photographer. So obviously uh, San Antonio wedding or San Antonio wedding photographer, um, San Antonio Philadelphia wedding photographer, Philadelphia wedding, Los Angeles wedding, whatever. And that'll bring up some local vendor guides, local blogs, things like that. Uh, you can see who's getting published there. Um, you can see people who are, who just, you know, have a listing on a localized area Um and that's a, you know another great place to start. And the last one is uh, maybe there's two kind of this is like point A and point B. Uh, <laughs> there would be the people who you've already hired, right? So you've got maybe your coordinator. Um, you can ask them. Uh, you know, even your venue, you can go to them and say, hey, you know, who do you love working with? Um, you know, your coordinator is an excellent resource because uh, they have lots of different communications with tons of different people they're they're constantly working with a huge amount of different photographers so they can say oh your style is light and airy and you're interested in this well i would check out these people they're really great to work with um so check them out um and then venues are are kind of a different animal alone do you have any thoughts on on like the venue recommended uh vendors that most venues have yes i've oh so many thoughts so there's a few different ways that venues go about it. My favorite is that venues put together a list based on people that have worked there before, have been really awesome to work with, provided a great product or service to the client, and just had an overall great attitude, just pleasant experience through and through and through. Those venues put together those lists because they know that those people are pleasant to work with and reflect well on them for saying, hey, hire this photographer, florist, DJ, whatever. On the other side of things, some venues have looked at it as another source of income to put together lists um, and venues or I'm sorry, and vendors will pay to be on that list, including photographers to say this venue recommends this photographer. But it's only because that photographer paid a fee to be listed on that. Now, it's not all that uncommon from having a listing on the not wedding wire or whatever. But it seems like um, it seems like when it comes from your venue, it feels like more of a recommendation or a referral versus just a paid advertising listing. So sometimes it can be a little right. bit deceiving. And I don't think there's really anything wrong with saying, are these just vendors who have worked here before or are these ones who have paid to be on the listing? I think you can ask that question i think it's a very fair and an open question um to to understand from your venue why they're recommending this this these specific list of people does that make sense and depending on how um how long your venue has been in business that mm-hmm. list might be a little bit outdated because it might not be top of their priority priority list to keep updated and to keep with up and coming and really great uh, professionals that are that are in the market, yeah. they may just have people on their list that are like tried and true, been in the business twenty five years because they've been you know as a venue acting as a venue for that much time or longer. So it yep. depends on you want to also take that into account. If your venue is newer, they're probably going to have uh, not necessarily newer newer professionals on their list, but at least more currently great ones. I don't know if that gotcha. makes sense, but yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so. So let's say you found a couple of photographers. You're you've kind of got like a list of you know a, a couple, uh, and you're on their websites, right? So now right. what? Now what do you do when you get to the website? What happens now? Um, I would say that there's there is an insanely a, a ma- 
there's a crazy amount of talented photographers out there, right? Like, and I hear it all the time. Like sometimes I'll ask, you know, what, what kind of, you know, thinking about the photographs you saw on my website, what, um, you know, what sticks out and they'll maybe kind of mention one or two, but then it's almost always the same line. And I hear this from other photographers as well. They'll say, you know, I've looked at so many, I feel like everything blends together. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, because I think that's when really what you're looking for is going to shine through and that's personality, somebody you connect with, right? Cause you could have the best photographs in the world, but that, that might mean that it's all about them. Maybe it's like the photographer has an, a crazy ego and that is just not what you're interested in. And, uh, and you start talking to them and realize that and you're like, whoa, this is not good for me. So I would say that the next thing you do after you, you know, you get onto the website, you see the first couple pictures, you're like, okay, this, I like these pictures. I would say go right from there, move on to the about me page. What, what do you learn from, from their about me page? Is there a photograph of them? Is it, is it just about what they love about weddings or is it, is it a little bit about them? Do they love Harry Potter? Do they, um, <laughs> you know, love long walks on the beach? You know, can you, is there anything like any insight you can get into the, who they are as a person? Because they're going to be spending a lot of time with you. Um, so, you know, it's nice to have somebody around who you also like to have around. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And that's with uh, any of your professionals that you work with. On a certain level, you want to gel with their personalities because you're going to work yeah. with them for an extended period of time and you want it to be as pleasant and positive as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the about me, you can you can start perusing maybe a little bit more. Maybe you look at their gallery. Maybe you look at the the blog that they have, um, and just find something that sticks out to you, right? Like, and maybe even take a little note. If you've got you know five photographers uh, and you've got them all written down, you say like, hey, I really liked uh, this person's personality, or this person has this one photograph of. Um, they they focus a lot on the moments and this one person of you know the bride dancing with her dad that I just love like that that really stuck out to me um, things like that and maybe just jot a couple of notes down so so you when you're talking with your photographer you can say or when you're talking with that specific photographer you can say hey you know I I really love this picture on your website can you tell me more about that um, and I just think these are really great ways to get insights into like you know how this photographer works rather than saying well how is it that you work what's your style. Um, so if you bring up one specific photograph that you really liked, say, hey, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Um, and they might be able to it might be a really, really great starting point, a really great launching point. You know what I'm saying? Right. It shows that you're also in, engaged in them as as a deeper person besides just, well, you're a photographer. You know, what I mean, because everybody yeah. has multifacets to themselves. And I think it gives yep. you some great ammo to be like, look, I did my homework. I'm a good, you know, <laughs> I'm a person that you want to work with as well. Because yes. ultimately, as a couple, you're saying, well, okay, do I want to hire this person? But that that professional on the other end is also saying, do I want to work with that couple? And if you show yes. up with those like great talking points, and like, you just get those A plus gold stickers all the way, yep. then you may find that they're not only um, they not only want to work with you, they're very excited to work with you. They, it, they just make it's a great way to start off the whole experience. Yeah, I think I think simply put, you're both trying to figure out if this is a good fit. And maybe mm-hmm. there's maybe they're not. And that's okay. You know, right. Will this person do the job that you hope and want and dream that they'll that they're going to do? Um, are you going to enjoy having them alongside you for 10, 12 hours on the wedding day? You know, um, so that's that's ultimately what you're trying to do. Find out if if you guys are a good fit. Um, so after you've been on their website, you've got a couple of things written down. Uh, you found out some things that stick out to you and you've taken some notes. Now it's time to obviously get in touch with them. And based on their contact page, they they might come up with a couple of different ways to contact them. You could 
You could probably fill out their contact form. You can call them if they have their phone number there and they ask for it. Um, or you can obviously email them. Now, we actually we actually went over um, a couple of different – like a whole little uh, standard template that Danielle created uh, on – in episode 24, I believe it was. There's actually in the show notes of episode 24, there's a little blurb about exactly what to write. And it's not the standard, hey, this is my name. This is my uh, wedding date. What's your price? Email me back. Um, we're all about the warm and fuzzies on this podcast. And like I said, you know, we're, we're trying to find out if there's a good fit and this is your initial contact. Um, and you know, you obviously want to put your best foot forward and, and see if this person wants to work with you and if you want to work with this person. So list your name, your fiance's name, um, maybe some details about the wedding, obviously the date, uh, where it's going to be at, what you're looking forward to, things like that. Maybe, uh, and then maybe a little bit about what you saw on their website. We really liked this and you stuck out for this. Uh, and then can we get some more information and set up a time to talk? That's it. Send away. How's that sound, Danielle? I think it sounds good. I think so. Um, the initial resp- um, the initial messages that I get from couples usually tells me a lot about them um, in, in more ways than one. So there are yeah. some couples who are very brief and to the point. There's some couples that are very formal in how they address me. There's some couples yep. that are very, um, uh, they're more personal. They will mention something along the lines of Harry Potter, like they'll tell me they're a Ravenclaw or a <laughs> Hufflepuff, and, yep. you know, all these different things. And I, I don't, I try not to like, judge based on that initial thing but i totally. that is my first impression of you and i will start to say like okay this person is either you know if it's a quick short uh message this person's probably actually short on time or they're just doing a lot of searches and trying to figure out the best fit um so yep. there's a lot of to take into account so when you are reaching out just keep in mind that that person's reaching um that person receiving it is that first impression of you so be mindful of how you want to come across there mm-hmm. are uh, there is always a lot of talk amongst the behind the scenes wedding professional industry that many people will hate <clears throat> when a couple reaches out and the only thing they ask is what do you cost or how much um personally i look at it as well you're interested so let's talk some more um yeah, but totally. I think when it's the only question, sometimes people feel like, um, sometimes professionals feel like rather that that's all you care about. The all you care about me is is pricing, and that's not a great warm and fuzzy to start out. That said, sometimes yeah. I just think it's you just don't know what else to ask. You know? Yeah, I I think it's a, a lot of it is that right there. Um, like, all right, so to use a photography term, um, you know, every photographer sells an eight by ten, right? Uh. I don't think most people know like like that's that's what they know like okay you sell this eight by ten you sell your service what else is there to to judge you on other than price um, and there's a saying in the business world that great clients are not uh, not found they're made and I think a big part of what us as wedding professionals do is to help you along this journey right and to to do our jobs and find out like how to best serve you but i think that also comes from uh knowing some of those basic details more than just like the price here's this thing so i think by writing some of these things down telling us a little bit about yourself a little bit about your story that really in turn helps us to serve you better you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and don't feel like i i get it um 
I reach out to to vendors, venues all the time for on behalf of my clients. And I'm not going to lie, there are things that I copy and paste into every email to make sure that I'm passing along the information that they need. That said, right. so there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you're reaching out a lot, don't feel like you have to retype every single thing in order to come across as a personal aspect. But, right. you know, adding those little personal touches is what's going to make you stand out and have that professional go like, ooh, intriguing i want to know more about this couple so you know like i said it's a totally it's definitely a two-way street so oh and i guess i feel like you've said this but i do want to reiterate definitely make sure that you include your names your wedding date and your wedding venue if you have it those are things like every single person that you're working with because the date determines whether or not that person's available, especially if they only work one wedding in that particular day or weekend. And the venue determines um, sort of the capacity in which that everything that they're going to do is involved. Like a church wedding and a country club reception is a totally different thing than a a barn wedding where everything's taking place on site. There's just so many different factors that come into play with different venues. So that information, again, shows um, a little bit of who you are as well. But those are really, really important things to start off with. Cool. Okay. Um, so you've sent your email and now you've got a response back. Um, I think the next step is to either have a face-to-face meeting. I push for at least a FaceTime, Skype, or in-person meeting with every couple before they hire me. Right. Uh, I think, would you agree? I mean, do you try for that? I do try for that. I don't think it's always possible, um, but I, right. I, I would love that in an ideal world, 100%. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, because this, again, like... With the alternative being a phone call, I guess, is, is totally. what we're saying. Right. We, yeah, we, it, you and I both don't work in the aspect of just um, having someone hire us without some sort of conversation um, outside right. of email to start. Right. Um, every So, before a couple hires me, I at least talk to the the person who has initiated the conversation with me on the phone at least once and then together as a couple at least once, whether it's on the phone, Skype or, or in person. And I don't think that's, that's that ridiculous to, um, to try to get that from a photographer. Uh, I think it might be strange if it wasn't, but everybody works differently. So, um, you know, find out what feels good to you. Um, so then you've got the meeting scheduled. Life is good. Let's Daniel, can we spitball some, some questions to ask? I know you've probably got a list of amazing questions to ask. Yeah, and we, we covered it a bit in that last episode, um, episode, what do we say, episode 24. Um, yep. But the the key things with photography, I would say, is like, um, are you are you going to be our photographer on our wedding day? Or is it going to be <laughs> yeah. somebody else? Because if the talk, person you're talking to, you gel with, all's great, but then the day of, it's a totally different person. Well, eh, you know. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's no uh, good. Yeah, and if you don't want them showing up in those like shorts and Hawaiian print shirts, you want to ask, what do you typically wear on a wedding day? Yeah. Great. And then, of uh, course, the, yeah. the, you know, what's your style? What's, you know, how do you approach a wedding day? Um, you know, tell me how you, you work on a wedding day. Because I know yeah. um, I know a friend of mine is is very, he might come across as very serious, but he just, like, is, like, laser focused. Whereas I tend to be pretty jolly and fun and, and I think uh, – a, a big part of what I do is my ability to like raise or lower the energy level of a situation. Um, and I like to, you know, help people just enjoy themselves, even in moments where like, it feels like it might be a little bit tense. Um, I love to be able to kind of be in the mix. So it depends on what your, 
you're looking for. Like when I got married, um, Joe is, he's a very calming presence. Uh, and I didn't need somebody to like really pump me up because I'm, I'm already pretty hyped as it is to begin with. You bring the pump. <laughs> I do. I bring, I bring the party. Um, so yeah, maybe ask them just like what their style is and how they approach a day uh, and go from there. I'm trying to think. What else? Anything else um, you're thinking of? I, I think there's also the question of um, some photographers work with an assistant. Some photographers have a second shooter. Some have both. And you want to find out, you know, if there's going to be two people there on the wedding day or more, how many of those people are actually um, able to take photos? How many people are just holding light stands, carrying bags, things like that? Yeah. yeah and a, actually, another question that I hear often that is a kind of a sideline to that question is, do I need a second photographer? Um, and I think... You know, there's a couple criteria that I always suggest aside of the um, well, let's put it this way. So let's and talking about a heterosexual wedding, the you know, the bride tends to get all the all the glory, right? Like she gets the the, the photographer in the morning for the getting ready and everything. Um, and the guy seems kind of like left high and dry. So in 30 years from now, when you're looking at your wedding album, will it be strange that the first time you saw the groom was standing at the altar, quote unquote? Right. Um, like he had a morning too, right? Like it might not be makeup and mimosas and hanging out, but um, maybe it was, uh, you know, golf or, or or video games with his buddies in the hotel room or, or messing around with, you know, some of the guys that he's known since eighth grade. You know, what are those pictures going to mean in 30 years when you're still friends? You know, these guys who you've already known for 20 years, you'll probably still know them again for another 20 years, hopefully. Um, and maybe you can... You reminisce over your wedding album uh, with these guys who have been in your life for so long now have been in your life for 40 years or, you know, what's going to be like for your kids to um, see pictures of grandpa uh, getting, you know, dad ready, helping him with his tie or or just messing around and and enjoying time together. Like so that's there's that's one aspect, right? Like like there's uh, the emotional aspect of it, but there's also just the practical aspect of it. Um Having a second photographer allows me to be more creative. Uh, so I have somebody who's always kind of getting like the safe picture uh, where I, I might be I might be trying to get something that is a little more grandiose or maybe it requires a little bit more risk. And I have somebody who's who's getting like the safe standard wedding shot that, you know, you absolutely need. Um, Dan, I want you to give an example of that. And I think um probably the best example to give that I can think of is that one um, image you have of a first dance um, at the Franklin Institute. Nope. Union League. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Oh, oh, oh. do you mean what's going with Ben Franklin? I have two. Be I have with a ben. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe, it's, love, maybe. Yeah. I, that, oh man. Okay. Two thoughts here. So um, I'll kind of give like a general and then specific onto that one. So, so I think there are three things that make a great photograph. Good light, good composition, good emotion, right? Great photograph has all three of those things. And sometimes to get all three of those things into a photograph, I need to spend a little time for everything to come together, standing right. in one spot, waiting for this like picture to come together. Um, so maybe uh, in the case of that first dance picture with, uh, with Ben Franklin at the Franklin Institute, um, I had to it's this massive room and there's tons of people surrounding the dance floor. And there's kind of like a, a little hole in, in between where the, uh, like all these people were standing and I could see the couple through this hole. So I backed like way, way, way up, um, and had to kind of wait for the couple to turn in such a way that my assistant could light them with a camera so that both of their faces were seen. Um, and they, 
they were also in between like these people standing there. Um, and, and I, you know, had to stand literally for the entire first dance waiting for this one picture to happen. And it is the picture that sums up their, like their entire wedding. It shows the venue beautifully. They love it. They have a huge print of it. Like that was the goal, but it took just the entire first dance for me to get this one picture to come together. Now and you my were very far from, from everything yes. happening. Like you were yeah. very far yeah. away. Physically, I was yes. like probably 75 feet away from the first right. dance itself. So I yes. couldn't like stand there shooting a couple of other pictures and switch cameras and do another thing. No, mm-hmm. I had my assistant photographing um, the kind of standard pictures of them standing full length, maybe some close-ups of them with their arms around each other, that kind of thing, uh, while I was trying to get this other picture. So that if that other picture ended up not working out or didn't end up being as amazing as you were seeing it in your head, exactly. that couple yep. didn't essentially lose any photos of their first dance because their, their, yep. their one and only photographer was 75 feet away trying to get this brilliant shot. Yep. Yeah. And another example, it's like, you know, um, big, massive churches are, are really pretty, right? And what mm-hmm. I love is, you know, when the couple's walking down the aisle for the first time, um, and they're holding hands and and they like put their arms up or whatever and people are high-fiving them or whatever. If I'm up in the balcony loft, they're like tiny walking down this like perfect aisle right in the center of everything and all these people are like looking at them and 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 really excited for everything, but it's like it's like it's such a big moment that I can photograph in a very big way rather than standing on the same level as them and shooting them smiling walking down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um and I tried that at the wedding I just had this past weekend, and it came together beautifully. It's like the couple kind of leading the procession of of everybody down the aisle, and everybody's smiling and looking at them, and the whole church is in the background. And my assistant was on the lower level photographing up the aisle, getting that standard shot. But it's just – so second photographer, to kind of round out that thought, uh, really helps me to allow allow me to be more creative. And I guess one other – thought about that or one other aspect of that is like you know you'll see lots of photographers who who do like pictures at night or maybe at the sunset or whatever well you know that those pictures at sunset are happening during the reception right um they're happening during dinner well that picture doesn't just happen like the photographer has to go scout that out they have to find that uh where the couple's going to be walking where you'll be standing where you know they have to test it sometimes that requires five or 10 minutes of prep work before they can pull the couple out there, set them there in this position, you know, whatever, and then take that picture. Um, I hate leaving the reception if there's nobody else there. So it's great to have the second photographer inside, um, making sure that nothing crazy is happening while I run outside or while the main photographer runs outside to try to figure out some, you know, unique portrait or something of the two of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, because like if you're outside and an impromptu, uh, you know, dance off happens between your grandmother and the flower girl, somebody is still there to capture it, you know, while you're outside trying to to scope out the next great shot. That's cool. I want to go down. um, I want to talk about pricing because I think to have an episode, you know, about how to choose a wedding photographer, I think price is always and ultimately a factor in the grand scheme of things. And yep. with photography, as with many other things, you can pay $1,000, you can pay $10,000, you can pay $20,000. Like, e- there is a large range um, of what you can pay for a great photographer or for a not-so-great yeah. photographer. And I think yeah. anybody will always want to say, well, I want what's the cheapest option. 
that's not always the best option. You get what you pay right. for, especially when it comes for photography. So I think it's a really yeah. hard thing when it comes to trying to figure out what your budget is for photography um, to sort of say, okay, well, what are we comfortable spending? What do we want to spend? Um, and ultimately, my approach with it is always whatever you're comfortable spending, let's find you the best person or the best company for that amount. Because it's yep. one thing to say we have five thousand dollars to spend on a photographer, just as a as a you know random number. But if you spend five thousand dollars on a really crappy photographer, when you could have had a really really awesome photographer, eh, that wasn't worth spending five thousand dollars. Yeah, and then there's also what's included in that five thousand dollars to consider, right? And I think this is where this is where you really need to figure out like what's most important. So mm -hmm. I, I totally understand the lure of spending $5,000 and getting an engagement session, a second photographer, an album, parent albums, you know, 12,000 hours of coverage, all these different things, right? Uh, <laughs> that's but a that, lot of hours. <laughs> seriously. Um, that's like your whole entire life, photographer for life. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that, that's great that you get all those things, right? But the photography, the photographs of your wedding day are the basis of that all that stuff that you're going to mm -hmm. get, all those, the albums and whatever. So you may be able to go with a photographer who is much better, has a better approach. Maybe you gel with them a little more, but you get less stuff. But the photographs, the bare essentials of what you want is a better product, is is more true. It makes you um, feel that your wedding is more amazing than it was, right? Because that's I think that's uh, a strength of photography is as you look at it later, it can evoke a sense of emotion. Right. So, well, I've, I've, I want to jump in with a question. Um, if a couple has um, a set budget amount and they find mm -hmm. a photographer that they absolutely love um, but will sort of stretch that budget or um, maybe be at the top of their budget, if they, what is the better route for that couple to take? Should they work with that photographer knowing that the, the results are going to be amazing or should they find a photographer that they maybe like less but then can get an album? I guess my question is, if they work with a great photographer and they have all these amazing photos from their wedding, can they down the line say when maybe finances change, they're no longer financing this huge wedding or not buying a house mm -hmm. anymore, whatever it is, can they go right. back to their photographer in most cases and say, you know, we've saved up, we'd now like to purchase an album or prints yep. from our wedding? Or are they better off going with a photographer where they can afford all that right from the get-go? Um, I would say the the first option that you said. Uh, it's it's always better to have better photography and get an album later. That's that's putting a whole lot of trust on your future self because right. I'll tell you that there are there are couples from five years ago who still haven't done their wedding album even though I keep hunting them down. Um, there's couples from six months ago who you'd think like right after the wedding I'm on them I'm trying to get you know let's do the album just set up a time we'll I'll put the design together everything and it's still like is difficult to get uh, people to do this so like I said that puts a lot of uh, a lot of trust in your future self but I would still definitely say that. Having great photographs to begin with is always a better option than just getting more stuff from the get-go. Because after the wedding, remember, you know, you may have some gifts, uh, you may have some, you know, monetary gifts that you can use right after the wedding to spend towards an album or whatever. Right. So as couples are going through all of these websites of photographers or they're on directories and they see this starting at price, um, yeah. you know, say they see, you know, packages starting at. 
$3,500. Again, we're just throwing out random numbers here. Um, And say their budget for photography is $3,000. So right now we have, you know, a $500 gap. Is it worth it to that couple to still reach out to that photographer, even though they, they know even the starting price is initially outside of their budget? I would say, yeah. Um, cause I think there's a couple of different, obviously if, if they love the work of that photographer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I would say that there's a couple different things you can do. Uh, if there's a photographer who's just slightly more than you, um, right. one that is, uh, adjust your budget slightly to, to see if you can, uh, accommodate what they, you know, they're giving you, um, ask the photographer what they can do within your price range, um, and go from there. Was there another one? Yeah, so you know, maybe you just need to move on. That photographer might not be a great fit for you. Yeah, and I, I um, also think, um, I guess all I can speak of is, is from my perspective. There are times when people will reach out to me for services, and I have my starting at price listed on my website. Um, and when I send them a proposal, they say, "I'm sorry, it's out of our budget." When I ask what their budget was, it is significantly lower than even my starting mm-hmm. at price. And I wish I had known that going into it because we sort of we both put time and energy into learning more about yeah. one another, and not that that was wasted time, but they could have been spending that time in in a better way with it when it comes to their wedding. Um, so I think I think if you're significantly outside, you know, under where that starting point is, know that you need to probably at least get very, very close to that starting point as a compromise if that vendor is willing to, you know, negotiate and and go that route with you. Yeah, I think if it's $500, I think is something that can be worked with. Um, I'm willing to bet that if you looked hard at your budget, um, you can probably find $500 from from somewhere else to be able yep. to just come up a little bit, be fine. Like I know that sounds crazy right now um, to be like, oh, $500 sounds so much. We have to stick to this thing. But as time goes on, you'll see that you can really adjust and see what you don't really need to uh, to actually purchase or you can purchase for cheaper or whatever. So, you know, that $500 isn't super bad. I have, a, I have an easy solution here. Scale back mm-hmm. a little bit on your centerpieces. That'll save you maybe yep. 200 bucks total. Don't do a guest book because your photos are going to be your guest book. I don't understand guest books. They're a cute thing, but whatever. Um, your photos are going to be more important all said and done. Um, yeah. at least, I guess I should say this is my opinion. Um, that'll save you another hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. There's there's all these different ways. Don't do the fancy napkins, do the standard poly napkins that the venue or cater supplies. Little things that you can easily Don't do. Boutonnieres. do. Don't do boutonnieres. Don't do boutonnieres. There you go. There's little things you can do that if you really take a microscope to your budget and the things that you're spending on, you can find it. I promise you, you can find it. Yeah. Um, okay. So now that we've gone through some questions to ask, you feel like you're maybe getting, uh, you're kind of whittling it down. Some people are good. Some people are not good. These people kind of fit our budget. These are good. I'd say the next thing you really have to ask for is to see a full gallery. And this is so important. Dan, tell us why this is so important. Um, Portfolios and blogs are awesome, right? Uh, It's great. Like you get to see, you know, like the favorite photographs of this this person. Um, But that person might have taken you know, 10 years to create this portfolio. It might be one picture from every 10 weddings that they really, really like. Um, and a port- uh, like the blog is, is also great, but you're still not seeing a full wedding. You're still seeing like this curated uh, amount of pictures that the photographer, you know, thinks represent this wedding. But what about all the pictures, like the, the non blog pictures, like 
the photographer is choosing what pictures to put on the blog, right? Like she's choosing or he or she is choosing um, what they want to show you. Uh, sometimes that might, you know, that's, that's a great way to enter and say like, I really love these pictures, but there are many pictures that the couple or you as a couple also probably really want to see, um, to see how that, how the rest of the wedding coverage is rounded out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, so no matter how important portraits are to you and how long you set aside for them on your wedding day, whether it's 30 minutes or three hours, it's still a wedding day, right? Like there are still events and moments that are going to happen outside of that constructed scenario of the portrait session with your photographer. Um, I mean, is it okay if your photographer, uh, shows, um, awesome portraits throughout, you know, the entire blog post, um, or, uh, or on their Instagram feed or whatever. Um, and yet the first dance, the first kiss and, uh, all the candidates with your family and friends are, are dark, uh, or just not there at all. Um, right. and I'd say like, that's, that's one thing that you'll, you'll notice a lot of is like, like portraits are amazing. Like, like I said before, everybody wants to have a really nice photograph of them and their significant other from their wedding day. But there's so much more than that. And you need to make sure that your photographer is also capable of handling the stuff that is hard to photograph. Right. I have two things to add to this. Um, okay. Even in my opinion, even the crappiest of photographers can get one good to amazing shot from any wedding like if yep. a person has 10 to 12 hours to take pictures chances are high that they can get at least one really good shot that said if that one really good shot is the only good shot and everything else is meh out of focus bad lighting or just not that exciting and and unflattering then that one good shot is is not worth it it is it right. needs there needs to be a balance between the knock your socks off shots and the other just really good capturing the day shots you know what i mean because yep. not all of them are going to be ones that you're going to want to blow up and put over your fireplace on the wall now right. on the other side of things there's also photographers who do really really well under certain conditions um mm -hmm. There are some photographers who create the most mind-blowing, beautiful photos, but can only do so in natural light or on perfectly overcast days where the light is just perfect. But when that photographer suddenly has a wedding where it's really harsh sun or harsh sun or re <laughs> a really dark venue or whatever it is, their work really, you know, drops down quite a few pegs. And yep. that's sometimes things that are outside of your control, especially when it comes to what the weather's going to do. So you want someone who is able to um, understand their equipment and perform well in just about any type of scenario. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I could not have said that better myself. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. Okay. Dan, anything else you would like to talk about before we wrap up? today's episode on your favorite topic in the entire world yes so after you've seen a full gallery you've gotten a couple full galleries from everybody make your decision be really excited about it and be and tell the photographer that you're excited about it right like like you can send them an email i remember i still remember this uh from from 2012, Kelly and Kyle um, had a really nice conversation with them. We met at Panera. We talked it up, and she sent me this email that started out and was like, "Hey Dan, um, we just we we really loved talking with you the other day. Um, so much stuff has come up in the past, you know, week or so, and um, 
and we just really wanted to let you know that we are so excited to hire you as our photographer. It was like it was literally like a paragraph that like just let sounded like that they were just going to go with somebody else. And then in the middle paragraph, she posted like all caps. We're so excited. And I still remember that today. And there's still a couple who I have a great relationship with. And it's just like I would say once you make that decision, be excited about it and then get to know your photographer and get to know them like this happened recently, another story um, where uh, a friend of mine, a photographer, this happened recently where a past bride of mine, um, a bunch of her friends are getting married. Two of her friends hired me and one didn't. Um, and I went down to Baltimore. Totally fine. Like, I don't care uh, that she didn't hire me. But, you know, I went down to Baltimore to meet with one of the couples. And, you know, we ended up riding bikes to uh, the the brewery where we were going to have dinner and do like a planning meeting and hang out. Um, and she was telling me how, you know, her friend uh you know, chose another photographer that, you know, they were really excited about them. And, but when they heard that I was going to out to dinner with, you know, the couple who hired me, they were like, wait, what? They're going out to dinner with their photographer. And she was like, yeah, that he like, that's just how he works. And, uh, then they were like, well, what's her name said that, um, her photographer just said, I'll see you or I'll, I'll be in touch the week before the wedding. And this is still like a year out. And, um, I just think that that's, that's kind of strange and difficult to like be connected with somebody who and and want to be comfortable in front of somebody who you you know literally haven't talked to at all. Um, so I think all of this said like do your due diligence, do all the things that we said, um, be excited about the decision that you're making, and then get to know your photographer and and trust them, mm-hmm. right? Give your photographer trust and time. I think those are the two things that every photographer needs, trust and time. Um, and then don't fret over the small stuff after that. Don't worry about somebody else. You, If you follow this little path, you're going to choose a great photographer. They'll be the perfect person for you. And then be happy. Indeed. Indubitably. Indubitably. All right, everybody. Check out the Put a Ring on it podcast.com website for show notes and all of the links to um, to what we talked about in this episode. As always, you can follow me just about anywhere on Pinterest, Instagram, Pinsta, Pinsta, Twit, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All the things at DPNAK, D-P-N-A-K. Please chat with me there. Yeah, chat with me on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. Uh, Daniel Moyer Photography, you can search it and I will come up. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this crazy episode. Uh, crazy, awesome episode. Looking forward to seeing you guys in a couple weeks. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.